Hello, and welcome to season three of Unadulterated Heart. It is I, your host and friend, Rachel the Beloved. This season is going to get deep, so I hope you're ready for some filet mignon. I'm going to go sit at the table in the presence of my enemies. I'll see you there. There is so much meat in this conversation with David that I had to put it into two parts. So welcome to part one of a Jonah story. After being swallowed up by the love of the father, David stopped running from the call on his life. Another reason why this conversation was so delicious is because much of what God spoke to David was a confirmation of things God spoke to me throughout these past almost two years and in the making of this podcast. When the father continues to repeat the same word through people that are seeking his heart, you know, just to know him, then I would say these things we probably should be listening to. Okay, let's dive in. So today, I actually have a very special guest with me. Um, It's somebody that I have known since I was 14 years old. Um, He is actually my best friend's dad, and um, I have known Dave as a very different man from who he is today. The person that we are going to talk to is not the person that I've known for 14 years. So I have got to know Dave. What has happened in this past year to make you who you are? Because you are 180% a different man. My mom told me uh, when I was little that right before I was born that God told, she was going to name me Donnie, but God told her in the hospital right before I was born to name me David Mm. and that I was going to be a preacher one day. Ooh. So I grew up with, with this, uh, being told as a little kid and you know growing up in the 80s 70s 80s as a little kid uh revival was really big in this area so mom would always take me to revival three nights a week and she always introduced me to the preacher who uh wherever we were uh this is my little king david and god told me he was going to be a preacher one day wow so growing up like that, it scared me because in re- in the revivals, you know, the preachers were like screaming and running around. People were running around and laying on the ground and everything. And I was like, wow, there's no way I'm going to do this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, 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 have you ever used the phrase, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to do something? Absolutely. Uh, well, in this case, it was you couldn't pay me. There's not enough money in the world you could pay me to do that. <laughs> and... <laughs> But even though I was saved at a young age, around nine years old, I was terrified of what my mom always reminded me that God told her I was going to be a preacher one day. And growing up, uh, I went to church. You know, I prayed. Of course, at that time, I prayed when I needed something. Mm -hmm. And uh, not for others, but only when I need something. Right. Being a church-going person once a week, sometimes I'd miss but uh, always went to church, always believed in God, but I never knew God to a couple years ago when uh, our son passed away. Mm-hmm. That was a uh, life-changing moment. And uh, my wife had a really, really hard time with it. Of course, I had a hard time with it too, but she really had a hard time with it. She questions a lot, a lot of things. and God healed her, and uh, I've seen a big change in her. 
And then I started thinking, okay, wait a minute, you know, she's changing, you know, it's getting closer to God and everything. And so I started feeling like, okay, maybe, maybe I should start getting closer to God too. Less than a year ago, we were in the Carmichael Sanctuary at Cross Point, and they had a China missionary in there. And I don't know what it was, but listening to that guy talk and him talking about how he got called in to be a missionary really got me thinking. You know, my mom told me, God told her I was going to be a preacher, but God never told me this. Mm. So I decided that, okay, I want to know what God wants me to do. So my wife told me, she said, well, you know, you need to uh, start reading your Bible, ask God and pray about it, and he'll tell you. Amen. I was like, okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's like Matthew 7, 7, 8, ask, seek, knock. That's right. Uh, ask, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a Bible at the time, so he ordered me one from Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I got one a couple days later. Right. Uh, so I started reading, and what your listeners may not know is that I, as a, as a job, I'm a mail carrier. Yep. Also at this time, I was having a lot of back problems. My lower back was hurting me really bad and I was having to come home and lay down and, uh, pretty much would cry all day through work. Wow. Cause my back would hurt me so bad. Two days after I picked up, cause I'd never read the Bible before in my whole life. Right. I and I was always afraid to get close to God and him tell me he wanted me a pre to be a preacher because I was scared to death of that. Wow. And it was like the last thing on earth I'd ever wanted to do. Would you say that you uh, avoided a relationship with the Lord? Because like you said, you never yeah. really knew yeah. him. Yeah. Okay. I, I never knew him. I never read the Bible because I just, I was afraid of being a preacher. Wow. So you completely yeah. avoided relationship with the Lord specifically because you did not want to be a preacher like your your mom had practically prophesied over you. Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> it scared me that much. Was, wow. No way I could stand up in front of people and, and talk about God because, first of all, I didn't know anything about God. So right. How can I even how can I even possibly even do that? Yeah, and to be honest with you, Dave, when I knew you, you were a man of very few words. Anytime I was over, because like I said, you're you're my best friend's dad, and anytime that I was ever around you, you barely said anything. You know? I didn't even like people. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I, mean, I, I I just didn't like people. I didn't like crowds. Yeah. I was more. I was content doing stuff on my own. Yeah, absolutely. It only took two days of reading the Bible and praying, asking God. I was in my mail truck on my mail route. And first of all, as a big musky fisherman, I got a brand new boat. So when I daydream or anything, it's about my boat and fishing. Oh, absolutely. Yes. The only thing I would think about. I should I should have mentioned that in the beginning that yeah, the only thing that I knew about you was that you were a musky hunter and one of the best actually, to be honest, uh and you spent all of your free time uh fishing. Out on a river fishing. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So, here at this point I'm I'm at work and I'm delivering my mail. And all I keep seeing is me on a on a stage in front of a whole lot of people, kind of like a 
like a huge church or like maybe a coliseum or or something this you know a, a building of that type and i'm looking at myself from behind and i'm up there just preaching away and my arms just going and everything you know wow I'm hammering it wow <laughs> and i'm just like actually watching this as i'm working and it didn't nothing occurred to me because i kept you know because for the past two days, I've been praying and asking God to please reveal to me what it is he, you know, what he's called me to do. I wanted to know. And here, it didn't sink in at the time. Like I said, when I daydream, I daydream about fishing and stuff. So I missed the package. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to go back and get this, deliver this package. So I'm like, God, listen, I can't daydream about being a preacher and do my job. It's just not working. So I turn around, I'm driving back, and then all of a sudden I stop. I pull off side of the road. I'm on a busy road at, at this at this moment. And I'm like, no, wait a minute. I'm like, God, was you trying to show me that you want me to be a preacher? And as soon as I asked that, you know, I had that feeling of the goosebumps all over me and everything. And and then I was like, oh, no, no way. Uh-uh, no way. No, there's no way possible. No, this is a mistake. I'm just daydreaming. This isn't from you. It's a daydream. I'm sorry, but I know there's no way you want me to be a preacher. Because I'm like, you know me. There's no way I can do that. Mm. And so I'm like... Okay, but I really, really, really want you to show me or reveal to me what it is you want me to do. I just know it's not to be a preacher. <laughs> and then I'm on a busy road, and all I hear in a loud, calm, very calm voice was, you already know. You already know. I'm like Whoa. looking around. There's nobody here. I'm out here by myself. And I'm like, I hear this twice, audibly, his voice telling me, I already know. Oh. Which I, did already, I already knew. You know, I knew my whole life. And Whew. I was like, evidently my spirit must have took it as being threatened. Because I was like, okay, 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 okay. I'm sitting <laughs> in my milk truck just going, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I accept. I, you know what? I can do that. Yes. I'll be a preacher. I'll do that. And soon as I said that, oh, I had the feeling that come on me was uh, at the at that moment. I didn't know what it was, but what it was was this total peace. Wow! And it felt like, well, first of all, it scared me because mm -hmm. I thought maybe he killed me <laughs> for saying no. So I'm like checking myself, tapping myself. I'm like, no, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> And it felt like like floating in space. This is like that type of calm. Wow. It was so calm and peaceful. And only, actually, the only thing I heard was birds. Man. And I didn't see a bird around, but I kept hearing birds chirping. Mm. It was amazing. I'm like, God, is this what it feels like to be in heaven? Because <laughs> it's amazing. It's so like, calm God, and peaceful. Like this before. Yeah. And I, I pulled back up to the house that I've got this package. And I slide my door open, and I get out, and I bend over, pick up this package. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, my back don't hurt no more. 
So I'm like doing squats in this lady's driveway. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, my back don't hurt. Then when I started walking towards her house, I felt like I was floating on air. It was amazing. What? And I felt so good the rest of the day. It, it was just great. I was like, I can't wait to tell, call my wife and tell her that God finally revealed to me what he wanted me to do. And then he healed your back? Yes. He just did that for the fun of it. <laughs> I think he'd done that. I think he'd done that just so I can never, ever say it wasn't him. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And so still your back doesn't hurt anymore? No. Uh-uh. Oh my God, <laughs> that is amazing, Dave. Come on, man. Wow. Oh I, oh, I know. And then it gets better because during that time, he, he gave me a vision. I just remember walking on clouds, mm. seeing myself walking on these clouds. Mm. And up in front of me was Jesus standing there with his back to me. And I was walking towards him, walking up to him. And I'm like looking down like, oh, wow, cool. You know, I'm walking on clouds. And as soon as I got up next to him, the clouds opened up at, her, at, at my feet. Then I realized, whoa, I'm not standing on clouds. I'm standing on a very tippy top of a very big mountain. And right on the edge of it. Whoa. And he said two things. Because when I looked out, when the clouds opened up, I just see like a, a sea of people. It's the only way I know to explain it. And he said two things to me. He said, these are all who believe in me, but many I don't know. Oh. And when he said, but many I don't know, I had this like weight, sorrow, hurt come on me. Like I couldn't even breathe. Mm. It just was so intense. And then it went away. The vision ended. And I'm like gasping for air. Mm. And then from that moment on, for the, like the next month, every day I'd go out in my mail truck and go to work, God just kept feeding me stuff. <laughs> kept telling, telling me stuff. And I'm like, here we go. Here comes my first sermon. So every day. And then when, when he was done with that, it just kind of ended. You know, just he was done. What were some kinds of things that he was telling you? Just how much he yearns to have a relationship with us. Yes. Not just a relationship, but an intimate relationship with him. Yes. He wants to know us intimately. Yes. And I've gone through my whole life of uh, being one of those people who just went to church on Sundays, listened to a sermon, and went home. Yeah. You know, and evidently, according to him, many of us do that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's one thing to believe in him, but another thing, you know, to have a relationship with him. You're so right. That's what, that's what he that's what he yearns for. Yes. Amen. And uh, uh, he gave me three reasons of what keeps us from having a relationship with him. Okay, tell me. All right. Well, the first one he gave me was we're afraid. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can testify to that one. Absolutely. Do you remember when you first, you know, started having a relationship with God? You know, it can you 
people can be afraid of something so little such as raising their hands in church and praising him and doing worship. Yeah, you're right. You know, that first time of doing it, you know, people are going to see me, you know, and stuff. But this little things like that keep some people away from having that relationship. They're afraid. Afraid of what uh, people may think. Afraid of judgment. Yep. 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 Of openly worshiping him. Absolutely. You know, take like uh, somebody your age and you're, say you're married and you got two two or three kids. Yeah different ages you've been feeling kind of like god might be calling me into missions but you're afraid of knowing <laughs> what that entails like you know you, you think to yourself wow you know we work hard we put our kids to school we have nice vehicles we got a nice home what if god calls me to be a missionary and wants me to go to africa mm. or some other third world country how do you you know leave everything how you what you sell everything you pull your kids out of school take them to a third third world country i mean that can be scary absolutely so you could be afraid of the call on your life okay yeah just like you were right to be fully surrendered to the lord and allow him to lead your life to be actually lord over your life can be a scary thing yeah if he calls you to do something All you got to do is say yes. You say yes, all that fear and that anxiety you have on what, on why you don't want to do something, he takes that and changes that into excitement. Amen. Yes. You know, now just as, just as bad as you was afraid and scared to do something, you say yes, you'll be that much excited to do it. Right. So he completely transforms the fear into excitement exactly amen love that that's like how i was so scared to uh be a preacher now i can't wait (laughs) i mean immediately we we started going to school which we're almost done with our second year come on Uh, we've been doubling it up to get through it quicker (laughs) that's so awesome so you're working full-time and going to school full-time like double classes all I do now is read. <laughs> right. Seriously, like, that's all I do is read. Like you go to work and then you come home and you read and that's it. Yep. Wow. Yeah. All for all for this call. Absolutely. So what what is uh, the second reason why why people uh, don't pursue relationship with the Lord? They don't have time. They don't so have they time. Don't think, they don't think they have time. They don't make time. They don't prioritize time. Well, exactly. That's what I was going to say, because we all know exactly what that means. Uh, it's your priorities. That's it. That's you definitely know. right. That's right. Yeah. It's it's, it's your priorities. Uh, the enemy can keep us busy. The enemy will actually allow you to prosper if, they, if it's going to keep you away from God. Oh, 100%. Yes. You can have a business and you don't have time because you're just doing whatever your business does and you're selling, you're making money, you're you're getting rich or whatever. And but if it's not allowing you to, you know, get close to God, you know, the enemy's winning. Yes. That's right. That's I, I think I just heard a saying 
uh, on Sunday, and it was something along the lines, if the enemy can't destroy you, he will just keep you busy. It was yeah. it was something of that nature. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it, busyness, 100%. Yeah. And it's all about priorities because I, the same thing, Dave, whenever I gave God my time, whenever I decided that instead of coming home from work and just playing some video games or vegging out, like watching some shows or something like that. Instead of doing that, I spent time in his word and in his presence, worshiping him. It, I no longer cared about all of those other uh, leisurely things as much. Like I, I didn't really even want to. It's not that those things are bad things. It's just that when they come ahead of your relationship with Jesus, you just won't experience him intimately like you right. you forfeit the chance to have an intimate relationship by just doing your leisurely things that you want to do so yeah he's going to give us free will to do whatever it is that we want to do and if and, and if we desire to know him more and if we desire to know his will and calling on our life then we will prioritize his relationship exactly the third thing is we're comfortable. Ooh, comfortable in our complacency, comfortable in our mediocre relationship with him or Exactly. Yeah. Because the next word that he kind of gave me with that uh kind of sums it all up. Uh but before I say that, but yeah, uh this is exactly what you said. We're comfortable. A lot of people are comfortable just going to church on Sunday. Uh or they might go a, a, a midweek service as well. Yeah. And that's but good you're enough, right? With that relationship. Yeah. It's yeah. good enough. But yep. The other word he gave me with that was lukewarm. Lukewarm. Come on. Yes. <laughs> we all know what luke, lukewarm means. <laughs> that's right. What? Tell us, Dave. Just go ahead and tell us what happens if we're lukewarm. Well, if you're lukewarm, God would rather you be hot or cold. That's it. If you're lukewarm, he will spit you from his mouth. That's what it says in the word. He will spit us out of his mouth, which tells me he don't know. He, like whenever that verse uh, in scripture, and you probably know it because you've been reading nonstop. But uh, whenever, whenever Jesus said, you know, like, uh, depart from me, I did not. I do not know you. That exactly. that could 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 do you believe that that could be a lukewarm Christian? Yes, that's that's a lukewarm Christian. That's right. So it's like, is truly is going to church on Sunday, um, and maybe even a midweek service? Like, if if you don't know him intimately as your friend, as your savior, as your father, do we know him at all? You know, right? Me and Kathy used to have this. The saint saying, well, we talked about this before. She she always believed once saved, always saved. And I was like, because I just started reading the Bible at that time. And well, also, too, for like the last six months, I've already read the Bible beginning to end once. And the New Testament, I think, eight times now. <laughs> and I'm almost done with the Old Testament for the second time. You can't get enough. No, can't get enough. But uh, I always felt like I told her I was like, "Well, I, I have trouble believing that, just because of what you just quoted when he says, depart from me, that I don't know you.'" 
Right. And these are people who who think they're going to heaven, but are not to accept him at a young, you know, say you're 12, 13 years old, you accept him. Now you think, okay, my name's written in, in, in the book of life. I can go on and do whatever I want to do because I'm automatically going to go to heaven. Right. Well, <laughs> I believe those people were in for a very rude awakening when it comes time to go to heaven. The, the parable that comes to my mind uh, when, it, when we're talking about things like this mostly is the parable of the 10 virgins. Whenever, yes. like, there were... They ran, out of, they ran out of lamp oil. Right. Because, <laughs> yeah, this this parable is about 10, so 10 metaphorical women who knew the bridegroom, which is Jesus. You know, in, mm-hmm. in this story, he is the bridegroom, right? And so these women all knew of him. So, which tells me, so this must be Christians, 10 Christians. So five of them were ready, prepared. They had their oil, which means to me that, and you can, you know, jump into whatever, um, like the oil, Holy Spirit. We have, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the, the wisdom of God where, where he's poured into us. So we have an overflow of oil and we are ready and waiting because all of them are waiting, right? We're all waiting mm-hmm. for him. But, um, the five that weren't prepared, they did not have the oil, then when the bridegroom came in the middle of the night, the prepared ones were able to able to enter into the wedding feast with the bridegroom because they had their oil, like they were able to get there through the night and stuff. Yep. It's a parable, so you have to go and yep. like read it. They but were, they were they were prepared. The they were prepared. Went, went back to buy oil and they missed out. They missed. <laughs> They missed the wedding feast. And anytime yep. that it talks about this this uh, wedding feast in the word and stuff like that, that uh, now correct me if I'm wrong, um, Dave, but that that tells me that, you know, we're entering into like a heavenly place, right? Like if, it, if we're mm-hmm. entering into a wedding feast with the bridegroom who is Jesus, uh, that tells me like that's entering into like heaven right eden was telling me about how you just experienced the baptism of the holy spirit so if you wouldn't mind dave sharing about that that experience i'd love to hear it okay sure uh wow and that was this recently uh monday a week ago okay wow nice yeah (laughs) uh, i was wanting it because god spoke to me and told me he wanted me to be even closer to him Mm. He kept telling me to press closer and everything. So I'm like thinking, what can I do here? So I started going to the men's group or men's meeting on Tuesday mornings at five o'clock in the morning. Mm, nice. Doing everything that I can, you know, to, to be closer to him. And, uh, and I mentioned during our men's meeting, I was like, you know what? I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I, I can't speak in tongues or nothing. And uh, so they're like, okay, well, we're praying for Dave to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, just like they did back in Pentecost with the fire and everything. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) so, you know, nothing happened for a while. Uh, I say maybe a month went by and I was in my mail truck. Now, that mail truck of mine, 
when I retire in November, next November, I'm going to have to take that milk truck home with me because there's a lot of good stuff out in that milk truck. <laughs> it sounds like it. That's for it's sure. Got, it's got, got some Holy Spirit rubbed all over it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm out on my mail route and I, I listen to my phone, a radio station on my phones, this, this Christian music. I'm way out in the boonies and I'm about to lose service. And I'm singing a, a song that's a fairly new song that I really liked. Service, I'm letting this dip. The service went out, and I just kept on singing it. And I'm, like, driving down this steep hill, and I'm singing. I got my hand up in the air, and I'm praising God and everything. Mm. And next thing I know, you know, I felt the Holy Spirit come on me, and I was like, yes. And then I started laughing. <laughs> And I just started just laughing. I don't know why I started laughing, but when I started laughing, I'm like, oh, what is coming out of my mouth, you know? And I was speaking in tongues and everything, and I'm like, whoa, this is too cool. And uh, I just, like, stopped, and I started crying. And, oh, man. And I never cry, but I cry. I, ever since I've gotten close to God, I cry all the time now. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm happy about because I've gone through my whole life and never cried. Now all I do is cry anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> he has so softened your heart. That's what it is. Yeah, because I didn't even like people before. Now I just love everybody. Oh wow! And yeah, I started speaking in tongues and everything, and I was like, "Oh, this is so so cool." And and now whenever I'm like, I wanted it. I wanted that prayer language because. I read in the Bible, you know, about how it's your spirit praying to him. And I wanted to be closer to God, too. That's why I wanted that. So, yeah, now when I when I pray and you feel the Holy Spirit and everything, start praying in my prayer language. It's awesome. Mm, I love it. Man, that's amazing, and Dave. I wanted it so bad. And I think what it was, I was concentrating on speaking in tongues part and not so much on the Holy Spirit part. Mm. I think that's why it took me as long as it did. Because you were so distracted and focused on just the fact that you wanted to speak in tongues instead of just yes. simply yes. pressing in to know Holy Spirit in a new yes. way. So if I can ever tell anybody, if you ask God because you want to be baptized by the Holy Spirit, don't worry about the speaking in tongues part. That's just automatically going to happen. <laughs> wow. That is so beautiful, Dave. Thank you for that. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, yep. there's there's many, you know, Christians that don't even believe in that part of it, which which is sad because, like you said, um, it's not that you have to go out into church and speak it. You can, it's, right. it's mostly to be used— <laughs> Your personal self. Your personal self in your in yep. your secret place in your mm -hmm. in your prayer time when it's just you and God and like you said when when you don't know what to pray the Spirit in you can pray for you in the, uh, your heavenly language um, that He gives you as a gift you know nothing to strive for or work for it's it's just a gift from Him mm -hmm. so that's beautiful. How awesome. it's great. See what I mean? God can and wants to radically change your life if you'll prioritize that relationship. 
Over and over again, I see people, including myself, being completely transformed when they lay down their lives and follow the only one that has the ability to do it. He will not only change your life, but everything about it, including your attitudes, perceptions, desires, aspirations, you know, everything. When the word says that Jesus came to set us free, indeed, he meant it. To not live for yourself is the most freeing thing we could ever do. Join us next time for part two of a Jonas story. Go in love and light.